Oh shit. Here we go again. Hello, friends. We are back again. Another week of the Breakfast Ball Podcast. This week, you have the rarest pairing. You got the like I would I would call us the tag team champions of the world. Would you not call us the tag team champions of the world? I, th- I think. Oh boy. Yeah, the brothers. That's all. That's our total tag team nickname right there. So you got just the Scalici brothers on the uh, on the mics tonight. Doug is deep in some some underground casino somewhere. Like I don't. They're betting with all kinds of stuff like livestock and uh, uh, gold bullions. I mean, it's there's crazy money flying around wherever Doug is. But <laughs> we we got his picks. Uh, we'll get to that soon. But uh, a busy, busy week in the golf world, a big event, fun event. Um, let's just let's get right into uh, a little bit of recap action. So WGC Mexico out there at uh, Chapultepec. Um, I don't know about you. I, I actually really love uh, this event, but it was a little bit controversial. You know, we have uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, winning Bryson was in the mix for a little bit there. Eric Van Royen kind of coming out of nowhere, not nowhere, nowhere, but you know, not one of the normal names. Um, Justin Thomas kind of barfing all over himself on Sunday, Rory struggling, Rom not able to make some putts down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I think it's one of the more fun events. It's a kind of a crazy course, uh, very narrow, uh, tree line. Guys have to hit some crazy recovery shots. The greens are absolutely wild, which is cool to watch. Um, but yeah, what, what were some of your thoughts on the event, Vince? Yeah, my thoughts on the Mexico event, it's one of my favorite ones to watch of the year. Um, I like the course. I think that the players have to hit some crazy shots. And when I say that, I mean either the long ball gets you into good or bad situations. There's just... Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. I think uh, the guys who handled it well uh, had a few shot uh, lead through the cut. I want to say there was a four or five shot difference for majority of the people at the cut line. Um, right. You know, like, uh, you know, as far as Rory, I thought he had the best chance in terms of hitting the shots he needed to off the tee. Um, clearly didn't execute Saturday, Sunday, but I was looking forward to him pulling the W over Patrick Reed. Yeah, I think you you make a good, like a good point. I, we talk so much about like how far the ball goes, and you know they're playing at altitude, and you know we there's like all this you know jerking off online about look how far this goes. Rory Seven Iron goes in this uh, conditions. Look how far this goes in these conditions. Um, but I think you're right. Like it, it's that's what's cool about the course. Guys have to figure out how they want to play it. Like you can bully it. We see guys do it every year. But you also see guys who can sort of shape it and work it. And yeah, as much as like I'm, I'm kind of like you, I don't I'm not a Patrick Reed fan. I, I really actually just straight up dislike him. I can't deny how much I actually like watching him play sometimes because he does hit some very like artistic shots. I mean, the guy, you know, he understands what his game is and, and how to move the ball. And he developed that cut shot um, the year that he won the Masters. And I just think overall, you, you look at him and uh, you look at that course and you look at what it asks players to do. There's just so many ways to play it. I mean, I just even look at the first hole, right? You had guys like hitting, what, two irons, like over trees, trying to drive a par four. You had other guys trying to like, you know, big slinging five wood cut. I think on Thursday, Bubba on 18, 
hit his drive to like 30 yards from the green because he took it over like a, the bank of trees on the right. Um, it's just kind of an interesting, it's obviously overgrown, like let's be honest, but it makes for really interesting, uh, interesting golf. But yeah, I don't, the whole Patrick Reed thing leaves a little bit of bad taste in my mouth. I wasn't, who, who are you kind of rooting for? Were you rooting more for Bryson or more for Reed at the end there? Uh, I wanted Bryson to win just so he could be like, shut up about my weight gain hitting the ball 18 yards further yeah leave me alone thank the muscles <laughs> yeah i mean he um i was kind of in the same boat I, I actually just wanted them to stop talking about his waking in general uh i think it's just been too many weeks of that but uh i didn't want to see reed win because i just uh don't think that he should really be out there right now i mean in my opinion he should be suspended uh, and it's crazy that he's not suspended and now he's won a WGC and has pretty much locked up his chances of being on another Ryder Cup team. And we've seen that he's been sort of fairly cancerous around team events, whether it was the last Ryder Cup and then the controversy about the cheating, which was right around the President's Cup. And now we have another year where we're going to probably see him on the Ryder Cup team. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I haven't really, I haven't really decided on that yet, but um yeah i don't know kind of kind of a, a crap do you think he should have been suspended i, I don't remember what your take was on that i i do i i think that there was just there was viable evidence right i the, yeah the two motions that he did to, to improve his liar just they, they take away from the integrity of the game so much and people are still talking about it to a point where it's just the right thing to do if you're a respected governing body, I think. Uh, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with exactly who it is. Right. Um, I'm sure that there's people who we do not know about who are maybe in like the top 2,000 in the world that are trying to work their way up by doing shit like this. And mm-hmm. the PGA slapped them very hard. I think the yeah. fact that Patrick Reed is a is a major winner, you know, is a Ryder Cup team member, is a President's Cup team member, etc. Um, he was kind of held... To like a different standard. To a different standard. A little bit, in a way, unaccountable for his actions. Um, Yeah. You know, based on the No Laying Up podcast and some of the things that Peter Costas said and saw, I think that there's another piece of evidence out there that kind of justifies punishment, you know, like Mm -hmm. that keeps him from, you know, from earning a living, if you will. I mean, he just won a huge purse. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I don't think a six-month ban is going to affect him. A year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, financially it won't affect Financially, it. correct. Yeah, so I, I just, I think putting, you know, making a statement, this was a, a really good opportunity to make a statement. It wasn't, like, too crazy. It was something that's been in the books forever. It would have just been the right thing to do. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I, it's good that you bring up the, the NLU uh, podcast, because, I mean, obviously it got a ton of traction because Costas came straight out and said, like, I've seen this, and it adds credence to what people were saying around the time that he cheated, right? Like people were like posting YouTube videos that were like, look, the cameras caught this. And like, it was kind of swept under the rug or like this kind of looks like cheating right here, but uh, nothing was said on broadcast. Nothing was done by the tour. And um, yeah, I think, and even if you like, I I read Shane Ryan's book a couple of years ago, um, chasing the tiger. And in that it even mentioned some of the stuff that, I think has gone around about and has been mentioned a lot about Patrick Reed in college. I think the bottom line truthfully is like the 
the PJ Tour needs to kind of figure out what kind of stance they're going to take on things like this. It's like the same thing with anchoring, right? Uh, and this isn't a shot at Adam Scott because, I mean, I mean, Doug loves to take a shot at Adam Scott for anchoring. But when I look at how Adam Scott does it, it's very borderline. Like, to me, it there there's some gray area there. I, I don't particularly like it. But then I look at some of the guys on the Champions Tour who are, like, very clearly anchoring, right? And they're making money. And that's governed by the PJ Tour as well. Mm-hmm. So I just think that it would be really helpful for them to start to put their foot down in these situations where, like, we have high-speed HD cameras. Like, you, you can't always, you can judge intent, right? Like, that's the thing that I'm trying to get at, I guess, in the end. Golf is about intent. I say whether I did or didn't do something, whether I moved the ball or whether I intended to do X, Y, or Z. And, and I get that. But, like, this is, like, that would be, like, me and you going to play, you know, for 20 bucks on a Saturday, like we have evidence, we have rules officials, we have governing bodies, and to be able to be like, well, he said that, you know, it wasn't his intention, and that the only reason that it was seen was because of the angle of the camera, referring to like the Patrick Reed thing, mm-hmm. to me is is just it doesn't make any sense, right? You, it needed even if it was a slap on the wrist, something needed to happen, and essentially nothing happened, which I I just think is he didn't even get DQ from the event, you know what I mean? Like it's just sort of BS across the board with that, but. In the end, it doesn't matter. You know, Reed Reed comes out with a uh, a W. Um, and then the other thing that you said, I think it is interesting, the Bryson thing. Uh, clearly, the changes that he's made have, like, worked, whether whether you or I or anybody likes it or not. Um, you got any you got any further takes on the whole Bryson thing? Are you, are you <laughs> done hearing about it? You want to hear more about it? No, nah, I'm just I'm a I'm a believer that. You know, if you're if you're working on your strength and flexibility and stuff like it's something I need to do uh, in any sport. It's it, yeah. you're in a way going to find out how those changes are going to benefit you and how they're going to hurt you, right? So he, and he's clearly found out that he had some room to benefit from being bigger, from being a little bit more flexible, and just being stronger in general. I just I can't I can't knock him for those changes. Like not everybody. And mm-hmm. nobody should, and not everybody should want to be like John Daly. Fuck it. No, true. Uh, that's a that's like a, a you can't knock him for working, right? Like obviously the dude worked hard. I, I think what you can knock him for is sort of being a little bit of a fraud. I mean, like he talks so much about all these different sciences, and I don't I don't know if you saw the thing on Twitter this week. He, he had like a dude holding a towel while he was on the putting green to like prevent or to simulate like the shadows that he might encounter with the trees late in the day and like he just like to me it's he overcomplicates things so much that it makes me dislike him and like i even late on sunday like the putt that he hit on whatever it was 17 i think my god dude it was just like you could see his brain working so hard to try to make this stroke and then hmm. he he barely fucking hit it you know what i mean um and yeah, so like in the end, when I look at Bryson and I look at the changes, like it's clearly made a difference for him. He's had a great year without winning. I mean, he's he's had some good finishes. He's been on a lot of leaderboards. Clearly, the ball speed is up. Clearly, the club head speed is up. All of that stuff. But I mean, I was really hoping Doug was here for this because I was going to give him like a, a two minute physics lesson, right? <laughs> like anytime you're bigger and you if you can move more mass at the same speed 
you're going to hit it further. Or if you can move similar mass at a faster speed, you're going to hit it further, right? Somebody like Rory, who slimmed down, got stronger, got faster, hit it further. Um, now, this is not on the same scale, but like I even look at myself, right? Like in the last two years, I've lost like 35, 40 pounds. I actually would say I don't hit it as far now as I did when I was fatter because I just was swinging it with more mass. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of it, right? So we can talk about Bryson all we want. And you can look at guys like a lot of guys are in fitness programs, you know, DJ uh, Brooks. And I'm sure it helps every single one of them. And Bryson's no different. But to like think about what Bryson's doing and be like, yeah, oh, it's revolutionary that he's hitting it so much further. Look, the dude was long before and he's bigger and stronger. So he's hitting it further. It's like a very simple equation, you know, in my opinion. I mean, and that's like not something the PGA can limit. They're not juicing. No, Uh, no. To be fair, like last comment on Bryson. I think he does those things that he does in his routine. Maybe just maybe because that's like a mentally comfortable spot for him. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the towel, you know, he was either blocking a shadow or he was creating one, creating one. Right. Maybe he was yeah, making yeah. one bigger so he he can, you know, didn't have to putt through it. But, um, yeah, no, I saw it. I, I think for the way he is and acts, it's almost like OCD, right? He has, it's to, very he, OCD. He's got yeah, some yeah. kind of tick and something that makes him comfortable and, and he, he runs with it. Right. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong. I just don't know. I wonder how good Bryson could be if he just put some of that aside. Like I even, I don't, and I'm with you. I don't want to talk too much more about him, but I go back to his like USAM win and I watched like every minute of that. Right. And yeah, he was using single length irons at the time and a torque balanced putter. And he was experimenting with the whole science of things for sure. I mean, he was still a very technical person in that uh, stage of his career. But at the same time, I think that he was blending sort of science and art a little bit more than he is now. Because I think golf is very artistic. And so one thing that happens when you get overly analytical is you stop like letting your body do the things that it naturally can do. Um, you, like you're, you were you know, a college athlete, high-end college athlete, right? And part of when you play your best is when you're not thinking about oh, I have to go do this, or I need to get to this position, or um, you know, I need to control this sector of the field, or I need to hold the ball, or whatever. Part of it is when you're just allowing the flow of the game to come to you. That's when you play your best, right? Because you're reacting. You're not overthinking something. And I think a lot of times that Bryson is just so in his head um, that, that the stuff that we saw from him early on has trouble coming out. It's kind of why he chokes up, I think, now. But, I, I mean, that's me being analytical now. I, I don't know. But I'm going to go ahead. I think the arm lock is why he misses all these short putts, but we're neither here <laughs> yeah. nor there. No, neither here <laughs> nor there. All right, one other quick recap result. Um, I think this is a big deal, even though I think this tournament just sucks ass. But uh, Hovland wins in Puerto Rico. Now you have Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf all winning as rookies on the tour in their first year, uh, if the players doesn't put the three of them together on a Thursday, Friday and do like featured group, they're out of their minds. That would be the sickest like futures of golf group ever. I think um, that'd be very cool. I, I, I think that would be really cool yeah. for sure. I'd be like locked in on that feed. Um, 
but yeah, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, like he almost coughs it up, right? He makes like a triple. Um, he has that very like honest interview at the end of the round where he's like, yeah, you know, I suck at chipping and I got like straight up exposed. Um, he kind of reminds me of Rory a little bit with stuff like that. Like he just speaks honestly, you know, uh, I which, which a, I like. Go ahead. It's, it's a good personality to have in golf. We need, we need more Rory's. We need, you know, yeah. Brooks this week started speaking his mind. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the muscle and a big, like, fuck you attitude. I love it. Um, and honestly, it's going to sound crazy. For all three of the rookies, Morikawa, Wolf, Hovland, I didn't watch any of their rounds except for the <laughs> final hole. All right? You had Wolf all, all on three? the walk-off. All, all oh, walk-off that's Eagle. funny. You had Morikawa make that clutch par putt. And you have Hovland make a fucking, you know, a deep one to for a W. A bomb, yeah, uh, a so, bomb. Oh, God, it was great. Uh, it's, but seriously, I've only watched their last 72nd hole for all mm-hmm. three of them. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know which one of that crew is going to be the best. I was really leaning Morikawa because I just think he's just elite ball striker wise. But there's something about Hovland that makes me think if he does get more consistent on and around the greens, he's just going to be disgusting. Um, and I don't know. I think the jury's a little out on Wolf. We'll have to see. He might be the streaky guy where, like, for five weeks he's amazing and then he disappears for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah. And, obviously we got to let their careers play out, but I couldn't be more pumped to watch more of them. I hope the tour starts really promoting more of them. I want to see them absolutely as much as possible at this point, because they really, not only are they the future, I just think that there is a lot to like about all three of them. They're all like well-spoken, honest, like really good dudes. And you just need more of that on tour. You need those personalities. You need guys like that. So I'm all about it. I want to see more of those three, um, you know, as much as possible. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's knock out some preview. We got Honda coming up this week. Honda Classic, one of the uh, used to be one of the premier events. Now, kind of with the schedule issues or the schedule changes, I should say, a little bit of a, a weaker field, but um, yeah, you know, still a good event. Uh, still a good uh, test of golf for sure. The Bear Trap is very very penal um, sort of thing penal course out there really tough um what do you have for power rankings this week yep we'll run through it real fast uh 10 to 1 here we go miliano grio eric van royen oh my god we'll talk about his <laughs> pants later number eight <laughs> charles schwartzel seven brooks six hovland five ricky four harris english three what gary exactly just wait three gary Woodland. What? two tommy fleetwood number one billy horschel Okay. <laughs> I mean, the Horschel thing makes sense because he plays well there. But when you hear Harris English popping up, that's wild. That's just his his recap. I even looking at it, it was a T twelve at PGA National, and second on tour for greens and reg. If I don't even know why that matters for this event, like it doesn't <laughs> even feel like it's it's valuable. Put him in number four. I mean. You have Wyndham Clark and Matt Neesmith out at like 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Wyndham, Wyndham went wild there last year and, ch- and choked, but still went wild. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it. look, I, you and I were talking a little bit this week. It's it's a tough week for the tour. The way that the schedule has gotten condensed, this, this, tour, this event's just gotten like pushed out. Uh, I think you said there's what, like six or seven of the top 25 mm-hmm. floating around? Seven of the and top twenty-five. Yep, in the whole event. seven, 
Right. And I think at some point it was like maybe three years ago, it was like 13 or 15 of the top 25 were there. So just imagine that that's essentially double whatever you have right now. So that field's gotten really weak because of these other higher status events that are like all around it. Um, but yeah, it kind of stinks. I gotta say, cause the Honda is a good, it's a good tournament. I think it's always, it always has a fairly exciting ending. Um, we have quality winners that have come from it over the years. I mean, it was like, a, I'm going way back right now, but like it was a precursor for Y Yang, right? Y Yang comes out of nowhere, wins mm-hmm. that tournament. And then later in the year, vanquishes tiger. So you generally see like really good golfers come out of this. I mean, I think about like Rory hitting five wood into 18 to win in like 2013. I think it was after tiger makes like a clutch birdie at the end. So overall it's a good tournament. Just sucks. The field, uh, has, you know, kind of shrunk so much and, and kind of gotten, um, less viable, I guess, as the years have gone on with the schedule changes. I mean, yeah, just looking through the world golf rankings, I mean, we said seven of the top 25. Mm-hmm. I say the number is only 12 of the top 50. Yeah, like that's... It gets very weak. That uh, is super weak. Yeah. Man. I, mean, I just, I just, I pray for, you know, some low rounds and I, I want to see some guys in the chase that we don't normally see. I think it's, it helps tournaments get exciting mm-hmm. or, or, or them chasing one of the big guns, right? That, that's, that's pretty much what yeah. this event needs. Um, you know, to stay on the mark for four days and yeah, go from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll say this, and I don't want to go down this road for too long because, I mean, this is something we can totally unravel, but this would actually be cool if they would do something where they would let more um, Corn Fairy guys get into this field. You know, like, instead of doing some of the, like, sponsors exemptions and, like, having some older players play or, like, leaving so many spots open for, like, career money lists. like, I think VJ's playing again this year and, um, you know, it would just be nice to like be able to filter in some younger talent. But I think, I think I say that a lot. I don't think it's really what the tour wants, but you know, that would be something, um, maybe to spice it up since it's spot is kind of tough in the schedule. But I mean, there is one of the corn fairy guys that's playing this week. It's your boy Camillo. <laughs> oh my God. Really? I didn't even realize. Yeah. You know, I, might, I might have to, I might have to pick. I might have to pick Camillo, bro. I mean, Go with the painter, the painter's hat, dude. I used to love the painter's hat. Back let's in the... just see what his results uh, results are on the Corn Ferry Tour so far this year. He, uh, he had three... a good week at Columbia. <laughs> he did. I know I, he I did. Go ahead. He, well, he had a miscut in the Bahamas. Uh, a T four in Columbia, which I think got him over here. Uh, okay. So he went miscut hey. T fifty two T four out there. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm the, this is like so foggy in my brain, but I think it was like, do you remember? I think he won like two playoff, two FedEx tour, uh, FedEx cup events, um, in like the 08 playoffs. And I was like, this guy isn't going to be nasty. And then he just like fell off the edge of the earth. Well, and it's, uh, not, it's not even like, I mean, even back in 2008, BMW championship and a tour championship win. Yeah. Right. There you go. Dude was a freak. Yeah. I just, hey, people are, you know, happy to see him back in a PGA event, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, real quick, I'm going to go over scores, and then we'll knock out these picks. So, last week, um, our picks were, uh, I I took back over the lead with my pick of Abraham Answer, uh, who 
had a T12, um, which brings me to 14 points now on the season. Who was your pick again, Vin? Who did I even take? For Mexico? Yeah. Who did you take? Uh, Tommy oh. Fleetwood. That's right. And he was what? Eight, T18 or 18? T18, yep. Okay. And then I know that Doug took uh, Xander, which I felt like was a little bit of a wasted pick, to be honest with you. But he took Xander um, and came in second. So when we break the points down, current standings right now are me at 14, you at 13, and Doug really kind of back in it at eight. Um, so... Judging by uh, your sort of last place finish last week, who is going to be your pick for the Honda Classic? I'm going to roll with Ryan Palmer this week. Whoa. All right, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, he had a good stretch at the like, beginning of 2020, uh, the end of the fall, where he was basically in the top 20 for six events. Um, and honestly, yeah. the field is is so out there this week. I, I really didn't to want think. to burn somebody big. If I if I started to dip into the top twenty five, I would have leaned on Shane Lowry, but I'm gonna hold back, and uh, we're gonna use Ryan Palmer. I feel like he has the potential to, to piece together some really low rounds, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, based on the Florida swing last year, I think he did the same. Yeah, he, he had T four at the Honda last year. I think it's, I think it's gonna be a solid pick. Yeah, he's had a good he's had a good year, and and this I think this course, depending on if the wind blows or not. Uh, it, you really need a guy that's going to hit a lot of greens, and that's really Palmer's game in a lot of ways. So I think I think that's a pretty good pick. He's had a nice year. Uh, I'm going to go next, and then we'll save Doug's even because he sent his in, so we kind of know where he's at. But um, I am going to go with Usti Louis Oosthuizen this week. Um, I mean, one of my favorite swings. Guy never seems to like win the big one anymore, uh, and I say anymore. He's really only won one huge tournament but he's always kind of around the lead he always seems to play well in the florida swing uh and i think i think he's kind of due for one of those like a little bit later in his career pop up win a pj tour event kind of situation i'm not saying he's like at the end of his career or anything like that obviously the dude can still play but uh you just don't kind of like he, he kind of pops into contention and then fizzles out real quick i, I think this will be a week where he's up there and can make a push um late in the weekend and help me extend my lead over, over you two. So going with Usti. I hope so. What do you think? I hope so. For yeah. you. It actually looks like he did not play in this event last year. So no, yeah, I don't think he played yet. I, maybe it's a couple of years. I, I'm just going with my gut situation. I just look at that field and I kind of look at who's playing and uh, yeah, I think, I think with that weak field, he's, he's got some class. All right. So Doug, who uh, I think he called this pick in, he's like under some Chinese food restaurant right now, like I said, in some like illegal gambling ring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just he just called this in, uh, and this is like a classic Doug move, honestly, yeah. right? He's trying to go with the hot hand, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So um, you want to reveal the pick? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we'll reveal it. Uh, Doug's pick for the week is Eric Van Royen. Good. A pretty strong week last week, uh, except for his clothing. I thought it was pretty mediocre. Well, see, uh, I thought that's why Doug picked him, actually, because he I, ordered the joggers, and he wanted to justify why he ordered them. I think he was the first person to say how much he hated them, and now it's his pick. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can never get a no with the guy. Would you wear the joggers? Tell me now. Uh, yes or no? Nah, I'm too stocky. Yeah, uh, see, you and I were both not built for the jogger look. Too short. Nope. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't be... look good on me. 
you gotta be tall and skinny and like you know we got the, the scalici cankles too like it just it's not a it's not a good look jogger wise really um, painting us real well for the listeners yeah yeah we're just round you know not really but um all right so yeah doug's going with van royen obviously had a great week i actually really really like his game that he hits it slightly further than average um really good iron player but i think like i've kind of followed him a little bit here and there because i'm like a you know sort of a golf degenerate i'll just turn on whatever golf channel showing so you see him pop up on european leaderboards for the last you know couple years or whatever but i think the dude has really like taken a step in terms of what his putting looks like in a lot of ways because he made some some clutch ones uh coming in last week and i really really thought he was going to have a chance and he actually hit one pretty close on i want to say it was 16 and he was kind of past the flag and i was like oh if he makes this like he's really right there and of course that was the one that he kind of coughed up and uh, didn't leave himself an easy comebacker so i think it's a good pick by doug trying to take the hot hand and, and a guy that uh could maybe prey on a field that like we said isn't super strong so we'll see We'll see. Maybe Dougie will. Dougie could could get pretty close to the lead with a with a, a fiver this week if he wins this week. We'll see. I mean, you never know. This guy could have he could be burnt out trying to t- chase all the big names last week. Yeah, I, I think that that's a potential factor too. But I mean, dude, I, handicapping this tournament, like figuring out who you actually think has a shot, I mean, it could literally be anyone just because of the way that this field sort of is. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. But. uh yeah, you got anything else? Ah, man, let's uh, let's talk about the week and weekend. I know you have an event coming up on Thursday, and then uh, I'm getting out for a round. And what yeah. you got? Let's hear it. Yeah, so Tuesday, sort of out of the blue, a little bit. Um, I'm going to be playing in a gap. So, Golf Association of Philadelphia, the oldest golf association in the United States. Shout out to my boys. Um, a gap event at North Hills Country Club. It's a better ball, two man, um, winter series event. And I, I swear to God, like when I heard about this, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it, no big deal. I thought if it's a winter series event here in the Northeast, early March, like, um, like it'll be like one of these little hit and giggle type things, like just go out there, have fun, joke around, have a beer, whatever, a nice easy day. I was like really wrong, honestly. Um, the field is stacked. We got like a guy who went to like the last stages of the USAM two years ago. We got like Gap Player of the Year type nominee players in there. In my group alone, we have a guy who's like a plus three and a plus point three. Um, so will definitely be interesting. I think my five point two or whatever I am right now is one of like the highest. I think there's only one dude I kept looking because I wanted to keep digging. I think there's one dude who's like. His handicap isn't as good as mine, um, but overall, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting. This might be a different uh, caliber of player than I'm usually around, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really pumped. I, I'm going to sign up for a couple events this year. I've decided, and uh, this is just the first one. And, and there's like kind of like a little points race thing that goes on. I'm not going to be a part of the points race, but that's why a lot of these better players are playing um, to start amassing some early season points uh, going forward. So, yep, going to play in that. And, uh, yeah, start signing up for some other ones as the weather gets a little bit warmer. You what about you guys? I, yeah, I'm going to, going to try, going to try. Well, you know, my game is in an iffy spot cause I'm trying to make some changes. So like, 
some I played great for nine holes um, last week and played absolutely terrible for nine. So tough to say. Uh, I know you guys got some plans though. There was a lot of text flying off about tee times and where we're going and who we're playing with and yada yada oh, yada. Yeah. What's, oh yeah, what's going on? <laughs> the original plan was for us to get back out at Memorial. Uh, you know, it's gonna be the home of the Houston Open in the next ten years and see how it's grown in over the last few months and um, kind of what they're doing with the land, so we can kind of get back on here and review it a little bit more in mm-hmm. preparation for the event in the fall. Um, but we couldn't get on because they do a three-day lottery, and it's just a pain in the ass. So we're going to play out a Wildcat early, the ass crack at dawn, like 7. Um, you know, play, try to play a quick round and uh, enjoy Saturday. It's supposed to be beautiful outside, so if we can get in 27 or 36, uh, we might try to do that. That's the plan. That's awesome. So real, real quick, because I kind of didn't realize this. So it's now, is it a lottery every weekend? Is that how that works? You can't book ahead at all? No. So <laughs> I called it a lottery, but it's a, it's a three day, um, in advance only. And it is uh, basically, if you're not there at 6am to pick a slot, you are not going to get it. Um, and that, oh. that's, that's every day. So they open at Jeez. six by six Oh one. They're sold out until 4pm every day as of, as of late. Um, they used to do a lottery there. And yeah, because when you and I played, it was kind of like a you could do it two ways. I think we tried to we called ahead and got in with another twosome, or if you were trying to do day of, they like pulled a a lottery like the day before or whatever for extra tea times. Correct. Yeah, so there's still some advanced booking uh, that Mm -hmm. we don't have access to. I don't know how the fuck people are doing it, Um, which would also be the reason why at 6.01 this morning there was nothing left, but. Uh, we're gonna try tomorrow morning. Maybe try to go out there Sunday as well. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's too cold to play here this weekend. So, I'm cross my fingers that it gets warm by uh, or warmer by Tuesday. We'll we'll see what happens. But if, it, um, if it's freezing on Thursday, you're you're built out of steel, dude. You might have a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I don't I don't know what they'll actually do in that situation because um, we've had honestly such a mild winter it's been like beautiful here the last three days have been a little bit gray but like so warm so nice like like high fifth uh, mid to high 50s you know super good well tomorrow it's like a high of 35 saturday or friday same thing saturday a little bit warmer sunday cold again um and this thing is on tuesday not thursday so like i'm just looking at it and thinking man if it doesn't get like a little bit warmer uh, we could have like frost delay. It could just be a total mess. I mean, everything's dormant anyway, so I'm sure we'll play the ball up. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. So <laughs> I pray for you. All right, let's, let's yeah, keep man. Going. Yeah. So I think that's that's all I had on the agenda. Did you have anything else floating around? Nah, I didn't. Uh, we uh, we covered Van Ryan's pants pretty quick, so not a problem yeah. there. Um, talked about Brooks. That's really it. I, I think. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what are you hoping to see Sunday? Let's let's close with that. Um, I just would like to see a tournament where, with like some of the drama that we saw this week. Honestly, like I said, not a not going to be a super uh, deep field. So the best thing you can hope for is a bunch of guys near the lead, and maybe some guys that you're not like super, um, you don't know a lot about, and uh, you know, sort of just trying to. Watch it all shake out. I, I would love to see like a crazy playoff. It usually doesn't happen here because those last three holes are so um, so sort of like tumultuous, and guys can make a big number, especially on the par three. So 
we'll see though. I mean, it would be, it'd be cool if we had some, some names that we don't hear a lot, um, near the top and, uh, sort of duking it out down the stretch. That'd be cool. Yeah, man. I agree. All right. Well, take us on in. So, uh, thanks again, everybody. Thanks for letting the tag team champs handle, uh, your week of breakfast ball, uh, um, you know, information. And, uh, we hope to, uh, have Dougie back in the fold, hopefully a little richer. I don't know. I mean, with the, with the kind of card games he's in, he might lose a hand. He might come home without a hand. We don't know what he's betting. So, uh, again, thank you. Please check out our Instagram at the breakfast ball pod. And, uh, if you get out this weekend and you just blast one off the planet, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again.